I'm Dave Monaco, the Almire Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. Well, in our last episode, Dr. Kelly Jameson joined us so that we could reflect on how the pandemic has impacted relationships we have with one another and how we as parents and educators are seeking to guide the young people in our lives to navigate the always complex world of social engagements, especially now that we are emerging from the pandemic. Indeed, our present episodes through the holidays are directed toward our theme of reconnect and reset, but with a special focus on the relationships in our lives and how we're reconnecting to them following a nearly year and a half of turbulence and disconnection. As part of this series and in celebration of our 50th anniversary, I wanted to bring some members of Parish Episcopal's first graduating class in 2007 together, and I'm excited to do so in this Parish Connection episode. This is the second such Parish Connection conversation in which I gather individuals with unique perspectives on our 50-year history to learn a bit more about what life was like at Parish in days gone by. The four graduates in this episode offer insights about how relationships among students took root as Parish's upper school was started in 2003, and how the unique experience of being Parish's first graduates served to bond the 46 members of the class of 2007. And of course, we can ask them about the gifts and challenges they've discovered as they've sought to maintain these relationships over the last 14 years since their graduation. Our four guests offer another interesting twist on relationships and the experience in Parrish's first graduating class. They are married couples. That's right. Parrish's inaugural graduating class of just 46 members yielded three married couples. Dr. Jesse Hernandez and his wife, Katina, and Major Ryan Siebert and his wife, Sarah, represent a special part of the Parrish story, and we are excited to have them join the podcast to learn more. Jesse's medical career in emergency medicine is just getting started, and Katina has been an editor for a leading publisher of association-branded email publications. Jesse and Katina married in 2018 and have a young son named Ace. Ryan was recently promoted to the rank of major in the Air Force and trains upcoming fighter pilots, given his experience in that role. Sarah is a fellow podcaster, among other things. She offers a show called So to Speak with Real Housewives of Fighter Pilots. Her episodes offer support for military families using humor and awareness raising and support for spouses who are seeking to run their own businesses as they travel around the world serving our country. Ryan and Sarah have two little girls, Kennedy and Avery Elizabeth. They were married in 2014. Well, welcome back to the From My Angle podcast. So glad to be with you, and especially so for this Parish Connection episode. You know, we've done one of these already. I had Bert Blair and Terry Roper on uh, last month, and during this 50th anniversary year, I intend to do one per month. The ones after the holiday will be equally as rich as the one with Terry and Bert were, and the one that we're going to do today. Tuning into our history, the people who know our past and have played instrumental roles in it, have interesting perspectives on it. And so excited to have four members of the first graduating class of 2007 with us here today, Ryan and Sarah Siebert, Jesse and Katina Hernandez. And if you're wondering why they've come in pairs, there's good reason. Not only are they members of our first graduating class, they're married couples. 
from our first graduating class. We actually had three in that first class of 2007 of the 46 graduates. Before we got on the recording here, we were talking about the statistical improbability and significance of that. As Ryan said, 15% of the class got married. Come on, guys. How about that? <laughs> Pretty amazing. But so glad to have you all here. Let's do a little um, uh, sort of uh, post-parish um, catch-up, just so everybody has some context to what you all have been up to. You've led productive and interesting lives since you left Midway uh, Road here and the first graduating class in 2007. So, Sarah Ryan, let's start with you. You probably moved the most. Uh, so let's start with you as a military couple, and uh, we'll we'll turn it over to you, Sarah. Why don't you Why don't you take us take us away? Yeah. So uh, Ryan is he recently promoted promoted to major in the Air Force, and woo -woo. congratulations. Thank yeah. You. And uh, since we got married, so we got married in 2014, and since we've been married, we've lived in Tucson, Korea, Georgia, now back to Tucson. And we have about a year left and then we're headed somewhere else. So we're just, we're all over the place, really. <laughs> yeah. And you're, tell us where you went right after school, Sarah, before you all got married. Um, so after uh, your graduation, you went off to school. Tell us about your studies and where that's taken you professionally since then. Yeah. So um, I went to the University of Oklahoma. We were sooner. And um, right afterwards, I moved back, moved back home and lived with my mom for a few years and uh, worked in advertising sales for probably two and a half years in Dallas. Um, so my background's like advertising, advertising sales, marketing. That's what that's what I went to school for. Um, and I just wanted to have something concrete on my resume before we did the tour of military life. Uh, so yeah, I did that. And then I've been able to work, you know, a few places here and there along the way. So I work for a local newspaper in Georgia and I actually really liked it. Um, it was just an excuse to get to meet people, which I love meeting people. I don't know a stranger. Um, so I'd walk into businesses and, you know, let them know how I can help their business. And it was actually a really successful venture for me and had a lot of fun. And that was actually when we experienced Ryan's first deployment. So he was gone for seven months. And it was really neat because I felt like I had my own footprint um, while he was gone. And so I really got to know the community and the people in it. And everybody was just so welcoming while he was gone. And, you know, all my clients, I would go over there for dinner. And um, it was really like a home away from home. So um, it's really important for me before kids to try to find my own footprint, um, you know, while you're away. And, yeah, I was able to and uh, you know, now I'm stay at home since I've had the two girls two and a half years ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, it's been, it's been a lot of blessings along the way. So. Yeah. You guys are busy with Kennedy and Avery Elizabeth. I mean, two under, uh, under three, you've got all this travel going on an emerging career supporting your husband. So Ryan, uh, Major Siebert, congratulations. How's that sound? Oh, still, still a little disoriented to get used to the new weird. title. Yeah, I, I answer the phones a lot recently and I, I keep saying captain still. So in my work, they keep keeping a tally of every time I say the wrong rank. So I'm trying to get better, but it still, it still sounds pretty weird. Well, it's, uh, it is well, it is well deserved. Tell us about uh, where your journey post parish took you. So, yeah, so out of Parrish, so I went to the University of Texas, San Antonio for a year and did Air Force ROTC. And my intentions were I was going to transfer to UT Austin and do ROTC there. Uh, but plans changed a little bit after a year. I got into University of Texas, Austin and the Air Force Academy, had to make a decision uh, and ended up choosing to go to the Air Force Academy. 
Uh, so I went there for four years, uh, enjoyed it. It was, you know, it wasn't the easiest time or anything, but it was definitely an experience that I'll never forget and has helped me become the man I am today for sure. Um, but I graduated from there. I went to pilot training in Enid, Oklahoma, Vance Air Force Base, uh, which was nice because she, Sarah was living in Dallas at the time. And so it was only about five hours away. So we were still able to connect, um, which was nice. And so stayed there in Oklahoma for about a year and a half, two years. Um, proposed to Sarah while I was there. Um, we rushed to, because the timing and everything, there was no perfect date. And I didn't know all of my, the days I'd be available. So we had like two weekends to choose from. And it was like five months away or something like that. So we set a date. Got married in uh, July, the the nice warm summer in Dallas, uh, in July of 2014. Had a nice cool outdoor wedding at the Arboretum yeah, yeah. in July. Mm -hmm. And then well, Ryan, Ryan for sure can handle the heat. I mean, as a fighter pilot, so we we know he's we know he's able to handle the heat. I don't know about the rest of the people that were gathered there. Gosh, yeah. We had a 300 person wedding in three months. Yeah. yeah. She did all the planning because I was I was still busy doing pilot training, so she actually did pretty much all the work. Yep. She did a good job. Uh, we got married and then we went literally didn't have time for honeymoon. We went straight back to Oklahoma to pack up all our things, moved to Tucson, uh, where I learned to fly the A-10 and lived there for about six, seven months. Uh, and then went to South Korea for my first assignment and then to Georgia. And now we're back here. And a lot of your work now involves training pilots, correct? So you're really in the teaching, the teaching and mentoring role primarily. Right. Yeah. So we, so when I, the first time we went to Tucson, I was learning to fly the A-10 and now we're back and I'm now teaching all the new guys uh, that graduate pilot training and get, they get selected to fly the A-10 then they come out here and, uh, and I basically teach them how to fly. It's only like a six month course and then we send them out and they can deploy right away. Uh, so they're, we call them uh, fully mission qualified. We can send them right out the door and good to go in six months. It's pretty, pretty crazy actually. And in the meantime, Katina, uh, I, you guys have been busy getting yourselves uh, off and running in a similarly busy, busy way, uh, building careers. So tell us what the Hernandezes have been up to post-parish. Yeah, so I went off to Texas State University in San Marcos, and I got a degree in mass communication. Originally thinking that I wanted to go the public relations route, I had this whole dream of like going to New York and doing like fashion. And then I quickly realized once I was doing my PR classes that I actually did not like it. <laughs> so I moved over to general mass communication and kind of focused more on journalism. And then I came back to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and I actually lived in Fort Worth. Marketing company, a digital marketing company in Las Colinas. Mm -hmm. And there I was in charge of creating e-newsletters for nonprofits. And so I did that and I'm still doing that part-time now, but I've been there. Yeah. Cause it's also, yeah. Cause there's also a little one in your house. It's got you busy with ACE. Yes. Yes. Our son is one and a half now. And so I scale back on the amount of clients that I have, but I'm still able to do it from home while ACE is here with me. So it's been really nice. That's fantastic. And Dr. Hernandez, you got a you got a title change a couple of years ago too. Yours is a little more worn in now than uh, than Ryan's is. So I think you're probably more used to it than 
than he is. But tell us about tell us about your journey post parish. Uh, yeah, so I did my uh, college up at Notre Dame. Um, got to experience what real winter was like for the first time. Um, and re- quickly realized I didn't pack enough warm uh, clothes. So uh, it was a wonderful experience. I loved the football atmosphere there. Uh, kind of just sucks you right in. Uh, so I did my four years there. And then uh, I took a, a few gap years off between college and medical school um, to essentially work on my portfolio to gain admission. Uh, luckily, I was able to stay home in Dallas and attend UT Southwestern. Um, and I, I did my four years of medical school there. And then um, I got lucky once again uh, through the match process to stay in Dallas for my emergency medicine residency uh, postgraduate training. And so I did three years in emergency medicine and uh, I graduated this July and am now um, in the process of becoming a, a board certified emergency medicine physician. I've completed a, one of the two exams necessary for that. So I have one more. <laughs> And then, uh, and then you'll be, I guess, finally finished with school. I don't know. It seems like doctors have never finished the school. But yeah, I, you know, it's amazing that Ryan said he got he's training people to essentially fly a plane and shoot missiles in six months, and takes me like a decade and a half. To a yeah. Thirty-two, and you're still a and you're still a student. And uh, and you, what year was it that you and Katina were married? I was there. I like I should remember, but I I can't uh, even remember okay. which year it was. 2018. I'll answer yeah. before he gives the wrong answer. 2018 at the Greek Orthodox. <laughs> the, uh, it was at the Greek Orthodox Church, was it? Was it not? Yes. Over on Hillcrest. Yeah, lovely. Um, so it's great to be with you all, and and uh, congratulations on all you've uh, accomplished individually and and also together, because it's it's certainly been um, work that you've had to do supporting one another um, in, in your efforts. Uh, Sarah, in fact is a fellow podcaster, right? Uh, Sarah, what is your, what is your present podcast life? Like, tell us what your show, tell us about your podcast. Cause it's really, very, <laughs> it's really very cool. Yeah. So a little backstory. So there were, um, four of us spouses that were all stationed in Korea together. And we started an Instagram account called real housewives of fighter pilots. And basically it's a meme sort of sarcastic based account. And it kind of just makes light of the craziness that us spouses sort of deal with why the guys are TDY or deployed or gone or, you know, kids are always getting sick the second they leave the door. Ryan just went TDY, as a matter of fact, and Avery literally got sick the day he left, standard. Um, and so it just kind of makes light. It's, it's a place for everybody. So uh, we started it in Korea and it sort of transitioned into a pod- podcast called So to Speak with RHFP. And we um, have a military spouse on once a week, and we just kind of shine a light on how she started a business, um, how they do it with kids when they're moving, how you created your own niche. Um, And so we've got to talk to some amazing military spouses out there who move sometimes every year and she's, you know, they're still able to keep their business afloat and follow their passions. So it's been a really rewarding experience to be able to shine light on these fabulous females and we have a lot yeah. of it's so neat and you know on this theme that i've been using all year in my podcast on reconnect and reset i mean i applaud you for creating a forum for connection for folks yeah. that have uh, identification and a similar uh, um, experience as a military spouse that can be stressful but you're using humor and 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 i think just uh, just uh, just create a healthy culture for your your community of uh, in this, in your case women to come together so commendations for that and this Thank theme, you, yeah. Yeah, this I appreciate it. Next, it's, 
it's sometimes it's it's hard for you know us to unless you're a nurse or a teacher um we move so much right and we have gaps on our resume so it's really hard sometimes for us to find um you know jobs wherever we go and so this just sort of um gives a platform to let people know you know sometimes you can create your own niche you know what are you interested in how did you start it right um what are your passions in maybe you can find something you know, that works from home and, and travels easily um, while also following your passion. So it, there's some pretty amazing um, mill spouses out there. And it's yeah, not to have an identity. Yeah, to have an identity outside that of military spouse, right. I think it's super health, healthy too, right. I would imagine, right? That you yeah. just don't get lost in being uh, subject to the uncertainties of of uh, of the life that uh, that you all are, are are honoring us by leading as as folks right. military's families so it's uh, it's really terrific and yeah this whole this whole theme around connection um for the years has led me to uh in this uh series of episodes in november and december to talk about friendship and relationship thus wanting to go back to the class of uh 2007 and talk about the nature of friendships in that very unique class our first graduating class made more unique by the fact that you two also uh you four went off and then became two couples so i want to dig back a little bit and, and maybe before we do uh talk about the you know individual parish stories of each of you so that our listeners understand you know your journey to to parish that was a unique time and that there were those that were Paris Day families who came all the way through. And then there are those um, of your classmates who, like you in some instances, came uh, just to start in high school in 2003 as the school was getting started over here on the Midway campus. So let's let's learn about the, the parish stories a little bit. So, Katina, when did you come to parish? And uh, if you have an enduring memory other than your husband, what's your enduring <laughs> memory from parish? Oh, yeah, there's so many. So I can And I actually went to middle school with Sarah. Sarah and I both came from a school called Hillcrest Academy. Wow. That no longer exists. Huh. Really tiny private school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, my parents didn't really know much about Parrish. They weren't that familiar with the day school, but they came for an open house and they were just really impressed with everything that Parrish was doing. the first and we would get to create all these new traditions and so they sent me to parish and it was great I got to meet all the people that were from the middle school and that moved to the high school and then there were a lot of new people which was um, really cool getting to kind of be on the ground floor and being the class that was in charge of creating all of these traditions and kind of setting the tone for the high school and what memory endures for you Something that really we did a missionary trip to Brownsville and we went down there to help a church down there and we were painting and kind of fixing up this church. And I just remember being on the bus and kind of like getting to talk to people that I hadn't really got a chance to connect with before. And one of them was Jesse. We bonded over (laughs) music. And then another one was uh, my good friend, Lauren Kale, who Sarah and I actually just went to her wedding a couple oh of Oh my gosh, ago. how neat. And that was your freshman year, so that was right off the, right off the bat. So Sarah, uh, so Sarah, since you came in at that same time, tell us, uh, you know, tell, and we know, what, we know from where you came and, and I didn't even know that connection for you two. Um, mm-hmm. And when you came in, what's your enduring memory as, uh, at, from Parrish, but besides uh, your hubby there, Ryan? 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, it was intimidating to me because huh. we went to our middle school had 13 so kids. Small. Yeah. So <laughs> we came to 46. So to me, <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is, this is so many people. Um, but honestly, my best memory, and I was actually the matron of honor in Lauren Kale's wedding, um, as Katina was saying a few weeks ago. And in my speech, I talk about how we first met and it was the very first day of parish, very first class. I walk in and I was so nervous because I didn't know anybody. And it seemed like everybody was already so close. And Lauren just taps on the desk and I went and I sat down and said, what's your name? Oh, okay. And then we walked to the next class and she's there. And I'm like, oh, awesome. So she taps on the desk and I sit down. And literally it was like the third, the fourth. I'm like, I swear I'm not following you. Um, <laughs> but we had almost every class together and she was just warm and welcoming. And from that day on, we just became fast friends. And I honestly feel like everybody was like that. I mean, I don't feel like there was much of a division at all between the new yeah, kids sure. and the older kids. That's you know, really all the intimidation was just my personal, you know, feelings and hesitations, but everybody was really welcoming. So, so if memory serves, then I think Jesse, you would have been the one who came, uh, Ryan has the longest parish tenure, I think, but Jesse, when did you come? Tell us your story. Uh, so I came in uh, seventh grade, uh, and my my tour actually of Parish Day School was from Chris Hamrick. So I was the first person I ever met at Parish. Um, and, uh, you know, don't tell Chris, but I was like, I don't know. This guy is kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm getting long lunch in this guy. I don't know if I want to come to Parish. <laughs> no, I always tease about it. But, uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I love Parish, and, and we came. And it was a different experience then because it was a completely different school. Um they, uh, you know, that we had portables. That's where we did our, our schooling, and it was uh, right next to the to the gym. Um, and so it was a completely different just experience. Um, and then uh, we finally, you know, we got to big to move to the big campus in eighth grade, and yeah. uh, just being a completely like empty building uh, with like no other students. It was just eighth graders, and then uh, finally moved up to the high school. Right. So that was just an interesting experience because we were the only like students in this isolated part of the school. We had the eighth graders below us, but we never really saw them. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it was coming, I guess, from a perspective of me being there in middle school and now going to high school. Like I did have the, my group of friends that I met in middle school, but, you know, because we were so small as seventh grade class, you know, there yeah. were still many people I didn't know. And so it almost felt like going to a new school again. Yeah. Uh, so just to provide the listeners too some some context. So coming out of St. Phillips in sixth grade, as Jesse did, he went to the Hillcrest campus, mind you. OK, so as a seventh grader, as Parish Day expanded, there was one year, 2002, 2003, where they were on the uh, in portables on the um, at the Hillcrest campus as the uh, move was being prepared for at Midway. Then he came to eighth grade. Um, actually, in 2002, 2003, I should say, he came to eighth grade here at the Midway campus. So he his first two years at Parish were on different campuses and, and the like. And uh, by the way, if you recognize the Hernandez name and you're wondering, huh, is that my art teacher or <laughs> no, that's your art teacher, uh, Juan uh, Hernandez. That's his brother. There was another brother of his, Eric, who graduated from here, a sister, Lupe, who graduated from here uh, and a dad, uh, Juan Sr., who uh, works here on our operations team. So yeah, uh, the Hernandez name is a uh, is a rich is a rich one here in, in our campus. So I'm um, glad to glad to have him here. Um, all right, Ryan. So I think your history is the longest. Tell us your parish story. 
Let's see. So, so I went there. So I got three sisters and two older, uh, and both my older sisters they went to parish from, you know, preschool all the way through sixth grade, graduated, and then you know they didn't have the option to stay, right? Uh, so they went off to like public school, and then they went to Ursuline. Uh, so I went to parish as well from the beginning. So preschool all the way up through sixth grade, uh, and then. Uh, sixth grade, there was kind of, you know, there was the talk of continuing on, but my two older sisters had already gone to the public school right down the street from us, uh, Park Hill Junior High. And so I ended up going there for seventh and eighth grade. Uh, and then uh, I was either going to go to Pierce or go back to Parrish. And I've been, you know, I'd still been connected with like, uh, you know, Chris Hamrick, Quincy Powell, like two close friends of mine. Uh, and they were like, dude, you should come, like, you should totally come back, like, come check it out. Um, you know, my parents had started talking to Parrish as well. And so I ended up going to, to visit, I think. So one of, some of my first memories, let's see, I remember going to like a parish dance. It was like seventh or eighth grade. And uh, I remember going to that. It was at the Hillcrest campus in the gym there. It keeps uh, your gymnasium, yep, yep. And, uh, and I, it was, I just had like a blast because I got to see a bunch of old friends I hadn't seen in a long time. And it was like, you know, no, no time had passed. And then I remember eighth grade year coming to visit, you know, to see the school and see if I liked it and everything. And I just like, I thought it was the best thing ever. Like it was, it was just, it was a fun environment and I got to see a bunch of friends that I hadn't seen so long and meet new friends and everyone just seemed so close and connected. Whereas I was coming from this public school where, um, you know, I, I showed up, I didn't really go to the same middle school as them. So all of them already had this connection already. And so it was kind of tough at first. Um, but I think sports like in, in public school can help me get to meet people. So I kind of experienced a little bit of that, but coming back to parish then came back for ninth grade, uh, in 2003, 2003, yeah. Yep. Uh, and graduated in 2007 with the class. So, yeah, you had the opposite experience of Sarah and Katina and that they went small to big and you came back big to small, but new people who had been there, uh, previously. So all those stories are fascinating at, at, at one of the, uh, if not the most uh, dynamic time in this, in the school's history is the launch of parish Episcopal, uh, was being planned for. And, uh, as we mentioned with Jesse kind of having a foot on, on, on both campuses in, in some cases and, uh, past name or names that you've referenced, you know, Chris Hamrick, uh, past uh, alumni council chair, Quincy Powell, who's now on the board of trustees of the school, like the big board, right? So um, these are not just throwaway names. They remain uh, important people to us today and very involved in our in our school. So Sarah referenced this, and I think this is a place that we wanted to, to touch on, was this idea of... Um, because it was new for everybody, all 46 people showed up. They were the first students in the high school or upper school of, of Parish Episcopal. You know, how you all began to segment, if at all, right? In most high schools, you know, kids are coming in and they may be coming in new in a big public school to a new, a new high school, and, uh, but they're not first. And so I was wondering if because you were first, that uh, ameliorated or took away any sort of, of clickiness or, or immediate segregation, or if you began to divide up into kind of the jocks and the artists and the, you know, just the, 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 the studious ones, like, how, how do you recall the, how do you recall the, co the cohesion of the group or the segmentation of the group, if you have any memories about that? Jesse, do you have any, any sense of how that felt to you or, or was in your, in your freshman year? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody came in at first uh, very cohesive um, 
and it was kind of difficult to divide up at first. But I think as the as the years went on, there was some degree of of not clickiness, but you know, kind of people found their niche and, and what they wanted to do. But at the same time, it was kind of unique because uh, <laughs> we were so small that we needed uh, people to engage in things they might have not uh, had the opportunity to do so in bigger schools. So some of the athletes and jocks were in choir. Uh, some of them were in drama. And so it was kind of a mix of everything. Like, yes, there was a certain degree of, of separation. You know, your athletic guys kind of tried hanging out a little bit more with each other because they were around each other at all the time. But, you know, I think choir, or I think Ryan was in the choir. So I was in choir. Yeah, too. they were in the choir. So there was kind of a mixing of, of all sorts of groups, which was unique, I think, to Parish compared to other schools that were a little bit more established. Yeah, was there was there a perceptible feeling of being first? Like, did you identify that way? Did you sort of recognize the uniqueness of it, that it's easy for us historically to look back and talk about it all the time? Like, was that part of the, the, the whole class's identity, Sarah? Or were you all just ninth graders? I think the first year, I mean, we all wore the different polo. What color was the polo? It was uh, blue. Blue, yeah. right. Okay, so we got to wear the blue polo. But what that didn't, you know, for us, we were the only ones on the floor. So I don't think we fully conceptualized it probably until we then got, you know, freshmen and we were sophomores, juniors and seniors. And then I think we took the role on a little bit more. Yeah. How do you remember that, Katina? Do you remember anything about the social cohesion or the uniqueness of feel in the group? I do. I remember um, just like sitting down, having these meetings, like, what are we going to do about graduation or when should we create a student council and just having a lot of input and things like that which was really unique and i remember setting up the honor council with dr hoax and the whole ceremony and electing people for that and i think that was a really cool experience because we all really felt like we had a lot of input and i think that's something that helped bond our entire class is that we all felt equal in that sense and it it made us collaborate with each other and really kind of get to know each other on a different level yeah that's an outstanding point and for those that are familiar with our parish community today and know our seniors wear blue shirts and there is a, a much uh cherished uh tradition in the uh, spring each year where the juniors are bestowed a blue shirt from the senior class you now hear its origin in, in sarah's answer but also in katina's uh referenced of how student um, driven a lot of what we uh, presently hold dear here today, like the blue shirt, like our honor council and, and some other traditions that we that we have here were actually originated um, with with this with this class. Um, Katina mentioned Dr. Hoats. There were five founding faculty members, Ryan. So I, I wonder um, I wonder about the intensity and um, uh, nature of those relationships. They were all uh, well-established teachers, many from uh, the public schools who had had long careers in the public schools who were selected for uh, really the, their, their background and their professionalism and their austerity as, as, as teachers. What, what did your class, how did your class come to react and relate to them in ways that you think would be unique given uh, how, how different your experience uh, in high school was as a founding class uh, member of, uh, of a new school? Yeah, I think I think honestly, like just being that that first year where it was just, you know, those kind of founding teachers and then just our class, I think just that in itself, like created a special bond that we carried throughout the next, you know, four, four total years in high school. Um, but, you know, they're, they're all amazing teachers and they all provided a great, 
you know, great foundation to, to the high school. And I think we were all kind of, were able to um, kind of work together to kind of create the, the vision that Parrish was, was trying to get to. And, you know, I don't, it obviously probably wasn't perfect right away, but it was kind of neat that we all kind of put, you know, our little, um, you know, footprint on it, if you will. Um, but I got, got to throw a little plug out there. I, know I was in Mr. Prine's advisory. We were definitely the best. For sure. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and Katina were, uh, were, were advisees for Mr. Prine. That's, uh, that's, that's fantastic. The best. Yeah. So we heard about the, we heard about the retreat trip to Brownsville that may have uh, lit the initial spark that begat the Hernandez couple. I don't know, but uh, if you guys look at the other four years of your time together, you know, what are some of the, when the class of 2007 folks get together, what are some of the inarguably bonding, uh, shared memories of being, you know, in that first class that, that, uh, that jumped to the, that jumped to the fore, Sarah, there's some that are just so galvanizing that everybody's like, oh yeah, remember that. So Katina and I were talking beforehand and she was talking a lot about Brownsville, but I remember more so the trip to, it was um, right outside of Fort Worth. I think it was our sophomore year. And I remember we were all in these cabins and we stayed in, you know, they were like bunk beds. Um, and we did a lot of team building exercises, yeah. a lot of rope exercises. Yeah. I still even remember we did, we had like a talent show. Bridgeport. Bridgeport. So one of our classes like still goes, one of our classes still goes usually to, uh, to a really? place like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I remember, I just love the, um, the talent show we had. And I still even, I don't know why I can hardly remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I still remember the, the rap that we sang in cabin number four. Um, and it was just really fun. I mean, <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. How about you, Jesse? Do you, you have a, you have a, you have one of those that pops to mind that you think everybody in the class holds on to? Well, I was going to say on the bridge board, I think Ryan and I have completely different uh, perspective about that. Uh, we were more so not fond memories of waking up to natties <laughs> horn at like four in the morning out for like a three mile jog being chased by his go-kart and 110 degree sprints on the beach uh, so not as fond um but probably for me uh definitely the brownsville trip and then um you know i think just like in sports uh, <laughs> like just a lot of funny moments where people who've gone to big school big bigger schools just can't relate like i remember for example uh I, you know i played soccer there and you know, for the first like three years, we weren't in a league. So we just kind of played for fun. And then once we got in a league, you know, we didn't, we were in the process of building a track around the turf field. Right, right. Teams would just stall the game by like kicking it in the mud. And so then it's like, you have to go chase the soccer ball in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those things. And then just like being part of like first playoffs, for example, of a team, uh, like, our soccer team was like the first team to go to the playoffs and we got our first playoff win. So like those memories were pretty awesome. And I think it's, it's harder for people from, I guess, you know, more established schools to, to have those memories, you know? Oh, and, and harder really for those of us that are, you know, well into parish Episcopals, still nascent history to, to, not take for granted what we have here right so that you all are so connected to a place that offered you the humblest of provisions mm -hmm. relative to what today's generation of people have at parish right is i think a testament um you know to a the fact that if you're well cared for and you have good relationships with the people that are there you you can have a good and productive experience almost anywhere 
but that you stayed, you know, you stayed with the school and our parent, our parent, I, our pi- pioneering parents and um, students are endeared here uh, because they were willing to, to just be resilient and, and committed and connected to us at a time when we were still really figuring things out. So Snyder Stadium, where we love to be on Friday nights now with the blue turf and the lights and the bleachers and a drum line and a rosettes and a cheer squad and, you know, football team of, you know, nearly 50 members. Uh, didn't look like that. It was, you know, tumbleweed and, and grass and anthills and, and mud, as you say, Jesse, and, and you all still went out and, uh, and, and made the best of it, you know, and I think that's what makes you all um, such a special class. I'm curious about, kind of Ryan segued us a little bit, this idea of like, did you bond more than a normal senior class would at another school in ways that even as your lives got busy in the twenties and took each of you all to lots of different places geographically and professionally, and now personally with families, do you feel like you were a closer class and have stayed more connected after parish or have you endured the same challenges all of us face, whereas you get older and busier, you just can't keep as connected with folks. So what's, what's your sense of that? I don't, I don't know if it's factual or just, uh, or just instinct. what do you think, Ryan? I think, I think honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that our class had a very special and unique bond, um, especially, you know, senior year being the first graduate class, everything that we got to kind of start and the traditions that we have started and hopefully have carried on. Um, I think that definitely helped um, help the class stick together. I mean, I think it's pretty, it's pretty tough to get to get everybody in an entire class to, to stay close over, over the ages. But um, you know, I, I, have stayed pretty close with uh, with quite a few friends from parish and every time that we go back home we always try to make an effort to be like hey who all's in town like we're gonna be here this week like we'd love to get together and and everyone's so welcoming they're like yeah absolutely and they'll like they'll change their schedules and like we'll all meet up for dinner or go uh, meet out for drinks or, or whatever and, uh, and we'll try to go to you know parish alumni events if if our schedule works out and we're in town at the time um but i, I would say we definitely have been able to keep some, some close friendships and, and bonds and it is tough. And sometimes, um, and I'll even like, you know, I talked to, to Jesse and, and Quincy and, and Chris and, uh, and Paul English. And like, we have, we have like a text group and it's actually the name of the group is actually four corners offense. It's a, after our uh, offense when we play basketball <laughs> at parish, but you know, we, we message all the time about like random stuff and, and, uh, you know, I can't always, for some of us, like Jesse might be busy at the hospital and he can't respond yeah. way or I'm flying or something, you know, um, but we all do a good job of, of staying close. And it's been really special, honestly, special bond that we've been able to, to keep. Um, yeah. And that, and that may have been because you all were first or may just be because you went to a, you know, a small private school, like I went to a, a private school and, and, uh, keep up with some, but not, not, I'm not able to as much as I, as I'd like to, I think it's one of the challenges and somewhat regrets of him being a middle-aged guy whose job is taking him around to lots of different places and has busy, um, similarly busy high school friends who are off leading their lives. It just becomes so difficult to um, keep, keep friendships stoked. Um, ladies, y'all mentioned being at Lauren's wedding, uh, Lauren's wedding here just recently. So uh, it sounds like you all have done the same and kept some of the relationships going a little bit. Tina, what's your, what's your experience been with that? You and Jesse have been a little bit more proximate to the uh, Metroplex than, um, Sarah and Ryan have. 
Yeah, I mean, we also try and go to as many parish alumni events as we can and as our schedules allow. And I, we still keep in touch with even some of the lower classmen. So we're really good friends with um, Alex Olmedo now, uh, Chris Rivas and his wife, Daniel Salas and his wife. And we see them a lot. Um, but yeah, we just really, it, it does take an effort on both parts um, to clear your schedule and make that time. But even during the pandemic, like we were trying to do things outdoors where we could meet up. One of them hosted a movie night at their house outside where we're all socially distanced. So I think we just really make an effort to prioritize those relationships in our lives because they're important to us. And we do have those lasting bonds with them. I think that it's just a unique experience growing up with somebody, um, just experiencing those firsts in life together. And then add on that, you know, coming from this small private school, it makes it even more unique. Yeah, that's really well said. I, I mean, those times in our lives, uh, be they high school or college, they're only four years, which in the grand scope of a 80-year life is a relatively small segment of time, but they tend to be very cinching in terms of how they pull people together. And then you all had the the double down of being the first at a very small <laughs> and emergent uh, uh, high school that allowed you all to, to shape um, very much, you know, very much what it would become. We had um, about two dozen uh, alums on campus last week to go through these reconnect activities that we're doing with all of our constituents post pandemic, post the trials and tribulations of uh, social unrest and, and incivility across the country, just trying to align around uh, what it is that we share and hold um, uh, in common about Parrish and arguably so. And so I guess in wrapping up, like if you were to trace a cultural thread from how Parrish felt to you then, a couple of words that you would hope would still be present in our community today, even though you all are, are here at times, but are, are generally leading lives elsewhere. What are, what are a couple of the characteristics or attributes of the Parrish that you know that you either sense to be still here or hope are still here let's run around the the zoom screen here and, and see what those might be so jesse let, let's start with let's start with you a couple of words that you associate or affiliate with parish that you hope might still be with us today or know to be with us today uh definitely adaptability i think that's mm -hmm. something that uh has been ingrained in our especially from the big move uh yeah. you know everybody just being super adaptable and making it work um and then another one uh hopefully just uh still have have a, have a family, a small family feel. Mm -hmm. I really did enjoy that uh, from Parrish, especially after going to bigger schools uh, like Southwestern Notre Dame, where I was just kind of a, a number. Mm -hmm. You know, I definitely didn't miss that, and I hope that has continued uh, with Parrish. Yep. Katina, how about you? I think it's always felt very welcoming mm -hmm. to me, like Sarah said, being coming from this small and by the faculty and I still feel that way even at alumni events even yeah. though there's a ton of new faculty I've everybody's always been so friendly and welcoming and just getting to know us yeah so adaptability and welcome are, are really good two really good words uh how about you uh Sarah what do you what do you what do you recall and what do you hope is still here or know to still be here yeah um I would say the sense of community for sure um, so much. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, where everybody, sure, there were not, like we talked about, there are natural divides between the kids that did sports because they spent a lot of time together. But I think there was just a very authentic meshing of everybody in different ways. We all had, Katina and I were best friends, but we all had different friends outside of that friend group, right? So there was this kind of common link between all 46 of us. And I hope that that's still founded. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, she stole yours, which isn't surprising no, since you're all spouse. But... You say community, but um, yeah, so I, yeah, the community, I hope, is obviously very important. And then other thing I'd say is just the, you know, opportunity, um, which I think Parish provides still for people that are interested in all kinds of different things, you know, whether it be sports or I noticed, you know, Parish recently opened up their big uh, what, drama theater, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so that's another great opportunity for, you know, kids that have different interests. And I think Parrish did a great job of trying to figure out what kids are interested in and what they're, and give them the opportunity to prevail and, and you know, go after their goals. So I think that's really important. Well, I have good news for you in that um, all the words that you said, maybe with the exception of adaptability, but I mean, there's lots of ways to say that, but the words that all the rest of you brought up were all uh, top of mind. Uh, we had our cons- our constituents, I'm holding this up for you, the listeners can't see it. We had our constituents come and do exercises together to build a parish flag and really develop symbols and logos of, of uh, a symbol or logo that they would run up the flag that, that represents parish. And mm-hmm. in doing so to give us, you know, three to five words um, that they associate with, with parish. This happens to be a flag done by some of our students and you can see oh, wow. the first, you oh, can wow. see the first one. Yeah. You know, the first one's community. And then if I were to pull out other ones, uh, welcome, for example, was said frequently, this notion of radical hospitality, this uh, this sense of uh, opportunity or pathway to success. That was a very strong vibe that came from the alumni, the alumni who came back, that um, the sense of uh, roots that they established here was a word that was used. And then the mentorship that they received both while they were here, but in many cases through a program like Parish Connect, where we, um, as you all have been helpful to us, um, connect our present uh, college students, our graduates or recent college graduates with some folks like yourselves are out in the real world, figuring out where to go, uh, that they felt mentorship and connection. So, you know, look, our our senior class now is nearly three times the size as the one that you were in. We'll graduate 115, 114 seniors in the class of 2022. We've got 1300 graduates or so out in the real world now, um, a long way from the uh, 46 that uh, you all were a part of, but um, much of what Parrish um, stood for uh, in 2003 to 2007 um, has has held uh, and is enduring, even as the school has um, become larger, programmatically more broad uh, in, in population, continue to be more diverse, over 80 zip codes represented here from across the Metroplex, uh, 30%, 31% diverse, uh, two, di- two dozen different religious faiths, right? There's just this richness of place, but the core um, elements and characteristics and identity of parish have held very firm um, just based on those answers. So we're proud of y'all and appreciate y'all taking time out of your busy professional and uh, personal schedules. We got this in on a Sunday afternoon uh, while the kids were napping and nobody woke up. At least I didn't see anybody run across the screen. So we made it. We're all good. I think so. No, nobody stopped working. So I think she's, <laughs> yeah. I think she's, we would hear her. She's, she's fine. She's still sleeping. She would, she would let you know. Ace, Ace is still asleep. Katina, no Ace sighting. 
Still asleep. Still asleep. Oh, <laughs> so we can't wait to see you back on campus. Ryan's come and spoke, uh, spoken to our students in chapel before about his military career and service appropriate as we've just passed Veterans Day. And so I hope he'll come back and and do that. And and Jesse, Katina and, and Sarah, we hope to see you all on campus when uh, when time allows. So thanks for doing this with me. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Thanks for, having us. Great thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share it with friends and colleagues in your network. In our next episode, I am excited to be joined by Dr. Sania Luther, one of the country's leading researchers and voices on vulnerability, resilience, and mental illness among various populations, but especially among children living in high-achieving, pressured communities. Dr. Luther is Professor Emerita at Columbia University's Teacher College and co-founder of Authentic Connections Company, Her current focus is on expanding the reach of science-based interventions to foster resilience among adults who are in caregiving roles both at home as in their work settings. But as the final episode focusing on reconnecting to relationships, Dr. Luthar and I will talk more about parenting in the post-pandemic age and especially in the present era of stress and anxiety for parents and students alike. We look forward to bringing this episode with you. Until then, thanks for listening to the From My Angle podcast.